You're listening to the Voices Behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast... Welcome back everyone to the first episode of Season 7 Women's Cricket Chat and I am delighted that we are joined by someone on top of the world in actually fair few rankings in women's cricket. We've got UAE's Isha Oza, also a fair break star and just all round good egg. So joining me Georgie and Alex today, hello Isha, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, thank you for having me. So, I mean, we can't talk about your your life in cricket without the fact that you live in some very good company right at the top of top of the tree of the most runs in an innings by batting position so 158 not out you're also the fastest female batter to a thousand runs in t20s and also you're number three on the best strike rate i've just got so excited to throw my pen best strike rate in an inning and also um this one is on the bowling side outstanding bowling in an innings three for none so can you just tell us what it's like to be at the top of so many trees and in such incredible esteemed company I mean, it's just great to be able to play the game and enjoy it. It's great to be able to go out there and perform for your team and just go out, give your best and just enjoy every bit of Also, just on those stats, I did read, and correct me if I am wrong, in about 44 innings, you never got out for a duck. So talk us through that, yeah. how you're able to, you know, score, maybe not score all the big runs all the time, but to kind of have oh, that gosh. momentum to not get out for a duck. I mean, like, that's how I just like to go. Just get off the mark whenever I just get off the crease. Get out of the crease. Just get off the mark and just start your innings there. Like, I've never thought about it much. But, yeah, like, that's a good thing to know. <laughs> Not getting out on a duck. You know? Talk about getting ducks in a row. Boom, boom. God, I'm funny. Oh. Um, so, if we look at that innings of 158 not out, what were you thinking as you went through that? I mean... Were you thinking, oh, there's a record on the cards there? Or was it just, you know, keep ticking it over? And how do you stay concentrated for such a prolonged period? I mean, that day, like, the first ball I faced, I hit it for a boundary. And, like, that's the moment I realised, yeah, today is my day. Like, I was, I just middle the first one, that crisp sound of the back. When you get that, you know that, yeah, it's your day today. And I just kept going. Like, every every opportunity I got to score runs, I was just trying to go after the bowling. And yeah, that's one day I remember the most in my career to now. And what was it like afterwards? You know, obviously made those headlines. We don't necessarily hear that much, obviously, about UAE cricket, although definitely on the rise. I mean, what was the, you know, what was the feedback you were getting, the media coverage following such an historic day in women's cricket? So like the first thing is I didn't know that uh, I, I I needed to score four more runs to get the highest score ever in T20 cricket. But uh, I just got to know that on the last ball. So I was like, okay, I need a boundary on this ball. I need a boundary. And I stepped that and I missed the ball. So, and yeah, like it was pretty wide, but it wasn't given a wide because I stepped out. So yeah, it ended there. But like once I went back into the dugout, all my teammates, they were cheering they were just cheering me on and it just felt surreal because like, that was the first time I made a 100 and I went out to get 158 not out. And like w- once I crossed the 150 mark, I didn't even know how I would celebrate that because like, I don't know. I-, I never thought that I would reach that landmark anytime soon. But it wasn't just the 150. You made it in 71 balls with 22 fours, which is definitely more than I've probably hit in my entire cricketing career. <laughs> Six sixes at a strike rate of 222. 
And you're right up there, you know, you're above Alyssa Healy, who we all know about and is one of the biggest names in women's cricket. So that must feel like quite an exciting feat. I mean, yeah, like these greats of the game, I think all thanks to Fairbreak, we got to play with a few as well. We got to know quite a few. But before that, it was all big names. We've only seen them on television. The first time we went into the hotel at Fairbreak, like the the lift door opens and we just see like all these superstars coming out and you don't know how to react. So yeah, but like just being at par with them is something like I'm really happy I was able to achieve. And just on that with fair break, you get to play with all these so-called established players, well-known players in the game. What was it like for you to sort of get to not only play with them, but to pick their brains on, you know, surfaces, bowlers, batting conditions, mm-hmm. stuff like that? It was, I mean, these uh, there are some things that you only learn when you talk to such people when you go out on the field with them. You can't get that out of anything else. Like players from our team, Georgia, Georgia Redmayne, Georgie, and then uh, Mink, Sindhu, our captain, and then Hilly Matthews, like all, all the big names, Shamilia Connect, Udeshika, like all of them, they were they were always ready to let like give us tips, let us know what we are doing wrong, what we can do better. And on the field, when you have such support, when they just keep on backing you no matter what. You just feel that, yeah, you belong there and you can actually do something for the team. And who did you enjoy batting alongside the most when you were playing for the Warriors at Fairbreak? Uh, Georgia. I think I really enjoyed the innings. I played against the Sapphires again, uh, at uh, Dubai Stadium. And yeah, I just enjoyed batting with Georgia. It was so calm. And it was it was just a happy mood around. Like We were both just enjoying our batting. And yeah, I just loved that. Remind me, what was your top score at Fairbreak this year? I think around uh, 30. I don't remember exactly. But it's one of those things, I guess. You know, you go out there and we talk about associate nations, talk about full member nations. But watching, because I was lucky I had a very good view of what was going on, you just completely slotted in. Like, there was none of this, oh, that's an associate player, oh, that's a full nation player. And did you feel that... You grew into that as well as you went along. Obviously, you said it was a bit nerve-wracking when you opened the list and you're like, oh, these are some of the big stars of the game. But by the end, you really like found your feet and you'd learned stuff. Did you were you teaching things as you went along as well? Was it sort of reciprocal? No, it was it was really good. I think I can tell you the first ball that I bowled during the fabric was to Susie Bit. It was a pure half track which you whacked for a boundary. And like just after that ball, I was like, okay, like all the nerves were gone. I'm like, okay, this is actually happening. I'm actually bowling to Susie Bit. And then, like, in that game, I ended up getting a wicket as well. So, I mean, no matter how you start off, but when people are backing you so much, and you, you can just enjoy. You can forget about anything else and just enjoy the game. No matter what happens in the end, just enjoy being out there. And I suppose getting that opportunity to play in a franchise tournament like Fairbreak, where perhaps you might not be able to play, you know, in the likes of the 100 in the regional setup in England. What does it mean to be able to not only play in fair break, but to do well, like George said, and just slot in seamlessly? I mean, uh, this tournament, this this was a breakthrough tournament for all the associate players. I think we've never seen so many associate players play cricket at a franchise level and at an international stage. And I think thanks to this tournament, we're seeing many more associate players, like, coming up very well. We have like quite a few teams that are actually now like almost at par and fighting with big associate, big nation, big full member nations. And I think all thanks to this tournament, otherwise it, wouldn't, it wasn't possible. I mean, you see other tournaments, yeah, like you always watch it on TV and you're like, yes, one day I want to play there. But when fair break happened, 
it actually happened. It was like a dream come true that, yeah, you were actually on the field with them. You weren't watching it on TV. And what was it like to go out into that massive stadium? I know we didn't have um, the crowds and stuff in, but you're playing in one of the the big stadiums and it yeah. really had that kind of feel to it. What was that like going out there and all lining up at the beginning as part of your Warriors team? I mean, uh, it was like I've played in UAE all my life, but I've never played at the Dubai International Stadium. The fair break was the first time I actually stepped onto that field. I've, I've been there to watch a few matches, but I've never stepped on the field. So, yeah, that was the first time I actually did that. And just the start, the first day when we all lined up right in front of the pavilion, I mean, like, you just look around and you have players from, like, so many countries, like, all there just for one reason, just to play the sport they love. And that's something which was, like, really, that was really great to see. I mean, you would never be able to see that anywhere else. Uh, just in terms of the media coverage in the UAE of the tournament, what was it like? Because obviously in England, when we have the regional setup, we get some coverage in the newspapers. And when the hundreds are around, it's here, there and everywhere. So I'm just curious to know what it's like in the UAE and from your perspective, how you found the media. I mean, there was there was a bit of coverage, like compared to, I think, when big big players perform the coverage, it just increases. But because... We're not, maybe we're not up there yet. We're not counted as full member nations. We're not counted as maybe grits of the game. It wasn't it wasn't like everybody was knowing this was happening and all. But I think we could definitely see a slow improvement. Like when people not at all knowing that there's a women's team in UAE, people were actually there. People were actually keen to know that. Oh yeah, okay, four of the girls are playing with international players in the fair break tournament. So there's actually something happening for women's cricket in UAE as well. And so you made your debut in 2018 for the yes. UAE. And I mean, it was a pretty breakthrough year for you as well there. You were the only Emirati player then selected in the ICC Women's Global Development Squad. So that in itself yeah. was a huge feat. What was that like for you? I mean, that, that was also a great feeling. I mean, that was the first time I went out to play uh, a, a player tournament or matches like without the UAE team around. So it was pretty new for me because... I was playing with completely new players. I didn't know much about them. But yeah, I enjoyed that experience a lot because it taught me a lot. That time we were playing the Kia Super League sides. So they too had uh, big names playing. So like, there, I, I learned a lot from that tournament, I can say, because that was the first time I was actually watching these players, how they prep for the games, how they go about the games. So I think that was a major learning curve for my career. And you didn't do too shabby with it either, because when you came over in the 2018 ECB Women's National 20 League, you were on the MVP list for highest run scorers and you were joint highest wicket taker. That's that's a phenomenal achievement for someone, like you've just said, who's not really been able to experience much cricket outside of the UAE. Yeah, I mean, like whenever I just go out on the field, I just want to give the best for my team. I just... The one thing I enjoy is I enjoy every moment of it because like from a few games I've learned if I go too deep, if I think too deep that no, I need to do this, I need to do that, it doesn't work for me. So I've now learned that, yeah, whenever I go into play, I just need to enjoy it and that's what's going to help me perform with. And let's also talk Asia Cup at the moment and then we're going to throw it way back to how you got into cricket. But playing the Asia Cup recently, obviously we know that is a really prolific tournament. We've got some of the biggest names in world cricket playing in that. What kind of experience was that like for you? And also, did I see a picture of you wearing a face shield? Yeah. So can you talk yeah, about so, that as well? So, yeah, yeah, start with, you know, what that experience was like and 
how much you learned from that and the UAE team sort of establishing themselves really as a big name in the women's game. I mean, Asia Cup, it's one of the greatest tournaments for uh, teams in the Asian region. If you're playing the mighty likes of India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Thailand, and even Malaysia and Bangladesh. So I think uh, playing such tournaments, our team, we are quite a young team, to be honest. We have like majority, more than 50% of our players are under 19. So that experience for them, as well as us, not only them, for all of us was a pretty good one. We got out to... We got out on the field against big teams and we got to understand how, like, what we can work towards to get at, maybe not at par them, but at least just keep climbing the steps to go closer to what they are. Maybe, yeah, we only won one game in that tournament, but I think more than winning, what mattered is getting an experience of playing such a high, uh, such high nation. And, like, uh, I don't think we did pretty bad. Like, we started off pretty well in all the games. We almost won against Sri Lanka, if not for the rain. And yeah, even India, we had them like in the power play, we had three wickets down against India. So like we had, we were like making the other opposition struggle a bit, but we just, I think we, we weren't experienced enough to know how to come back from situations. So that's what I think all of us learned from that experience. And yeah, the master, when I, when uh, we had the qualifiers just before the Asia Cup, the World Cup qualifiers, and uh, during our training session, we had a training session under lights and I went to catch a ball and I completely missed it. It went through my through my fingers and right on the nose. So I broke my nose into like four pieces. So it was yeah, so I was like I was told better not to play or if I play I need to just have a protective mask on because otherwise it can be dangerous. So yeah. Yeah, and you were mentioning there that perhaps the Asia Cup didn't go your way per se in terms of results. But you were competitive against the likes of India. You had them through down in the power play. Mm-hmm. You almost beat Sri Lanka. If you know, weather seems to be a real bear bug for a lot yeah. of teams. But it must fill you with a lot of confidence to know that, yeah. you know, the UAE as as a team can compete at the highest level and against these full nation teams. Yeah, definitely. I think even for me personally, I wasn't able to perform that well with the battle of other tournament. I, I was having a lean patch with scoring runs. But I was happy that I was able to contribute with the ball. I got, even getting like three wickets against Pakistan. I mean, like, for me, that was a pretty, I mean, like, I never thought that I would be able to do that against such a big big side. And yeah, like that just boosts you. Like whenever you go into a game next, you know that you've done this against a bigger side. So it's not impossible. You can do it if you work hard for it. And so let's throw it way back. I say way back when none of us are really that old, but it feels like way back. Way back to how you got into cricket in the first place. Was it a case of family playing or was it just something that you'd see and you're like, you know what, I want to take that up? So uh, so whenever there are summer vacations here in Dubai, it gets pretty hot. So we normally fly down to Mumbai to meet family. And so whenever we used to go to Mumbai, like I used to get pretty bored at home. And then my cousins, they used to normally go down and play we used to play cricket, football, and like all different sports you can. So when I used to go, get bored, I used to just go down with my cousins. I used to like play with them. I used to play gully cricket with them. And like that. And then I even watched the 2011 World Cup, uh, which like uh, Dhoni finishing the uh, the last game with a six. I mean, that, that was something that really got me hyped up for the game. I mean, just watching, just watching, watching people enjoy that moment and that pleasure. And so, yeah, so in 2013, 
when i came back to dubai from my summer holidays in uh, mumbai i joined an academy and like i started training with boys there and do you think that playing with boys had a different kind of impact on your game yeah definitely i think playing with boys they're much more competitive i mean uh, you hit them you hit them for one boundary and then like it, they take it they take they don't take it too well they want to come back stronger and i think that that's what that's what you need i think uh, even women's cricket is growing that way like it's not that uh, women's cricket is any less than men's cricket anymore but just at the time when i started women's cricket wasn't that flourished in uae so i used to just go out there and enjoy playing with boys instead and you were i believe born in india but grew up in the uae did you ever consider playing for india or was it always going to be the uae that you were going to represent i like i did play a couple of seasons of cricket uh, of domestic cricket for mumbai the under 23 mumbai side and the senior mumbai side but then uh, after like it, a few of the tournaments went well and a few didn't they didn't turn out to be as good as i expected them to be and then uh, we had uh, recently last year we had the qualifiers coming up for the asia uh, icc asia world cup qualifiers t20 world cup so i flew back to dubai for that and so once i represented that we have a cooling period so i can't go back and play cricket back in india until then and since you got involved with cricket in the uae how much of a change have you seen i mean so when i when i started playing the first tournament i played for you it was actually in 2014 Uh, that wasn't a T20 international back then. It was just a GCC tournament where we played against Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, and then there was UAE. So we went out and won that tournament. I think that was the first tournament that UAE won. Before that, they never won any tournaments. So that was the that was where it all kicked off. I I can say because that's when cricket actually started growing. People were like, oh yes, there's a women's team. They went out, they won the GCC cup. You got a few more young talents who were joining in academies, like many. like brother brothers were getting the sisters to the academy to train and they were also keen that yes i want to do something and i think yeah so that's how it kicked off and like over time you can see like ua cricket has picked off picked, picked up the paces i think uh, our ua are under 19 women's team they qualified to play the world cup so that's a pretty big achievement and they'll be playing the likes of the giants of the game at the world cup next month so i think yeah we're going in the right direction and obviously there's always room to improve and grow but i think so and steady we're going in the right direction and growing up did you have any role models or idols or did you just kind of you know pick it up and just kind of watch the boys so, play against so before like me personally i also didn't know that there was women's cricket happening much before the 2000 before i started playing in 2013 i used to mostly watch men's cricket so like ms dhoni I just love this attitude towards the game Virat Kohli and like once I actually started playing the women's game I I I really like the likes of Smriti Mandana Sophie Devine and like uh Jamie Jamie Marodrix and even uh Minx Minion Dupree she was in the same team as Warriors and I think even she she's a gem of a person and I've learned quite a bit from her as well and she is also an absolute gun fielder we saw her take that yes, yeah and you were on the field mm-hmm. to see that what was that like i mean it's so real you're just watching someone just leap into the air and just catch the ball out of nothing out of thin air i mean uh, when you're standing there you also wish that one day you'll be able to do something like that and just being around those people that gives you that confidence that yeah maybe one day you can step into those their footsteps as well 
And what how, how important do you think it was for something like UAE cricket to have fair break over there, obviously rearranged from being in Hong Kong, but it meant that you were kind of, you know, you were the home the home players. Yeah. Like on yeah. your floor, like kind of MTV welcome to my crib vibes. Um <laughs> but it sort of made it more accessible for the UAE like fans and people to see it and see that you yeah. guys are actually really bloody good at cricket. Definitely. I think a lot of the girls, uh, like a lot of our teammates, they were always out there to support us. Maybe not in big numbers, but we could, through empty stadiums, you hear the echo even more. So we could hear them cheer us on. And quite a few of them got to come in as net bowlers. So they learned quite a lot out of that. They were there as ball girls at the boundary line. So they were watching things from up close. So I think even like not only us four who were part of the tournament, but everyone that was there, everyone who was involved in net bowling, in being ball girls and all, everyone got quite a bit of experience. Everyone learned quite a bit out of it. And how much do you think you learned as a player and a person throughout the tournament? I mean, uh, I can't say it. Like, it's innumerable. You can't say how much you've learned because, I mean, those learnings, like, you won't get it out of anything else. And, like, yeah, you can't, you can't say how much you was. It was just too much. <laughs> too much to count. And we saw that you were using your fabric bat at yeah. um, the Asia Cup. So that must be quite a proud moment, you know, because showing that you're bossing it out there, but also yes. like that. Yeah, and like it's a, it's a very noble and it's a, it's a great cause. I mean, I just love every bit of fabric, like just the way they go about things and what they're working towards, gender equality, supporting women out there. I mean, like... There is no other tournament which is even close to having the same same effect as Fabric around the globe. And yeah, I'm just proud and I'm happy that I'm getting to go out there in games and just use the Fabric gear. And I suppose it certainly um, made the BCCI pull their finger out a little bit because obviously Fairbreak did such a good job of showcasing women's cricket, women's T20 cricket, that it sort of inspired them now to finally, after years and decades, to to put a plan in place for a women's IPL. How excited are you for that? Would you like to play in the IPL? Yes, definitely. I mean, that's one of the goals I would like to take off my bucket list. If I just get, if I, if I do well enough to get selected in any of the teams, and I mean, it's about it's it's about the right time to start now. I think better better late than never. And I'm sure it's going to be a great tournament. And even there, uh, like the I've heard that they're going to pick associate players as well for the teams. So that's that's a pretty great lookout. Like they're looking out for players not only who are playing at the topmost level, but even those who are capable of maybe reaching there soon. That's definitely something I would love the hundred perhaps to look at. You know, each team has. Yeah two associate players in their squad and that kind of thing. And I think steps are being taken in the right direction. Like we've seen it in the women's game, something like Fairbreak, but then in the men's, we've just seen the men's T20 World Cup and the associate nations were absolutely bossing it. So it's, I do you think that gulf is shrinking? Yeah, it definitely is. And like, again, like through tournaments like this, that's the only way you can get that. You can get the, both the sets to come closer because if if teams are not given that opportunity to play against better sides, then they're never going to realize what potential they have and what they can go out there and do. Only if you go out there, step on the field, and if you see that, yes, okay, maybe if you work a little more harder, if you do some things right, maybe we are capable of doing the same. Only then it's going to happen. And I think, yeah, all thanks to tournaments like Fabric, that it's possible. And you made a really interesting point about gender equality 
earlier and what a flare break does to help improve that what is the gender equality like in the UAE for both the men's and the women's cricket teams I mean like obviously uh, men's cricket is at a much higher level compared to women's cricket women's cricket just started to shoot up in the recent years compared to men's cricket so obviously you can't be at par just when you've started off but I mean obviously over time things are going to get much better I'm sure about that and yeah, UA cricket is going on the right way. They're they're on the right path, and yeah, hopefully, maybe you're seeing many countries do that now. Like, oh, like big country, Australia and all, they have equal pay, they have equal right. Everyone like all cricketers, no matter you're a male or a female, you're getting paid equally, you're being valued equally. So over time, I feel all all associate nations as well can adopt this. And so what is next for you and for cricket in the UAE? Obviously, the under-19s are off to that World Cup, but what's what's happening for you and the seniors? So at the moment, we have nothing going on. We had a pretty busy year this year. Like We've never played so much cricket, I think, all thanks to post-COVID tournaments. Like we've just had back-to-back tournaments this year, so we're just on a break right now. Whenever we can, we're going and training with the under-19 girls. We're helping, helping them prepare for the World Cup. Like, we can help them whatever way we can. And I think, yeah, for now, I'm really looking forward to the Fabric in April. And even the Fabric Australia Tour in Feb. I mean, end of Jan and Feb. I'm, I'm really looking forward to both of those. And, yeah, for the national side, we don't have anything coming up now. But we're just working off-season training. And we're just working to keep ourselves fit for anything that comes up. And have you passed on any words of wisdom for to the under nineteen girls in preparation for the World Cup? I mean, they're they're pretty experienced as well. They're as experienced as we are. But I would only like one thing I would like to tell them is just go out there and enjoy the game. You're playing at the highest level possible. As a kid, everybody dreams of playing a World Cup and that dream is coming true for them. So they just have to go there, not take too much pressure on themselves. Just enjoy each and every moment of it. It's going to be a great one, I'm sure. And yeah, they just need to enjoy every bit of it. And how does it feel that you're kind of one of their role models now? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to be a part of it. I mean, obviously, like playing a World Cup. And hopefully within the coming years, we qualify for the Senior Women's T20 World Cup as well. T20, ODI, you know, you name, you've been playing test yeah. for long. <laughs> I don't mind any form of cricket, as long as it's cricket, any format. Yeah, we feel that. <laughs> Alex, did you have anything else you wanted to add on that one before we do some quick fire questions? Okay, so Isha, we'd like to sort of end off our podcast with some sort of like quick fire, more fun questions. Um, and one we always like to start with is what would your, this might be quite hard because you may not have had an English cricket tea. But what would your favourite item be at tea at cricket? Sorry, can you come again? What would your favourite food item be at like food. a traditional cricket tea? Because yours might be, it might be quite different over in the UAE to like the scotch eggs, pork pies we go for. It. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love Italian. I love pasta and I love Mexican. So anything Italian or Mexican. And like I'm a vegetarian, so I don't get that many options. But... <laughs> I do love, like, Mexican is all filled with vegetables. and Yeah, I just love Mexican. Favourite musician or artist? Mm, at the moment, I like uh, Heart Imagine Dragons, I love Imagine Dragons. Mm. But, yeah, there are quite a few. 
Well, I would think Imagine Dragons at the top of the list. Uh, the last Netflix series you binged? Uh, Manifest. I just finished it yesterday, but I didn't like how it ended. I'm still waiting for the for part for the second part of the season four. Favorite place you've ever played cricket? I think I would say Netherlands. When we played at Netherlands, I mean that was a totally different experience from playing in Asian countries to going somewhere, some cold place, and going playing, going and playing cricket there. That was yeah, really fun, memorable. Favorite person you've got out? Favorite person I've got out. I would say Susie Pitt. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You'll be after her again next year. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Favorite person you've ever hit for six. Hmm. Favorite person I've ever hit for six. I mean, they're quite. <laughs> I don't You've hit too many sixes, basically, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I can say the six I hit Carrie Chan at Fabric. Like, oh, yeah. That was the first time I hit a six above coverage. I've never done that before. <laughs> and if there was someone, anyone in the global game that you could hit for six, who would you want to hit? Mitchell Stark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love yeah. that. What about in the women's game? In the women's game, I would take someone like maybe Elise Bay. Yeah. Dream cricket ground to play at. Uh, I really enjoy playing at the Dubai International Stadium. So I would go with that, yeah. Dubai International Stadium. What is your biggest cricket dream? To go out there and lift the World Cup one day, hopefully. Solid. Well, I think actually that sounds like a pretty cool place to end because I don't think we can top that. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but... Isha, it's been absolutely fab having you on. You're just a, you're just a bundle of joy, if you ask me, you know. I, it's quite easy to sense how much you love your cricket and how you just want to keep progressing. And I love Fairbreak. You love Fairbreak. Everyone yes. And yes. it's been amazing to see everything you're up to and what you're doing for cricket in the UAE. All those tables you're topping, that's pretty damn cool. And we can't wait to see what the next few years have in store. We will see you at Fairbreak in Hong Kong. We're recording this in December, so that's, what, four months away now? Four months away, yes. Not that we're counting down the days at all. So we will see you out there doing your thing. Hopefully the under-19s will be able to smash it in January too. We'll be watching with a very keen eye, and they'll be, like, trying to represent their hero, Isha Oza. Thank you so much for joining us today. Lastly, can our listeners find you on socials? So my Insta ID is IshaOza1998, and that's the same for Twitter as well. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us and it's been really fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Love having a chat with you guys. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at GeorgieHeath27, at Cassie Coombs 98, at Mihika Varshni, and I'm at Alex Jane Perez. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.